And there we have it, everybody. Welcome to the mother fucker. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to do any oh, actual God. editing, but <laughs> now I feel like I have to because now I got to cut that part out. Oh, man. Sad dance noises. I mean, yeah, basically. It's just ugh, work. Like, I already had to do work today because uh, I accidentally uploaded to the Google Drive the first part from Wednesday night twice instead of the first part and the second part. Mm-hmm. So it's just the absolute worst, I know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the post-Call of Cthulhu retrospective question and answer hangout good time thing. I don't know if we have a good name for this. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. Well, all right. Yeah. Uh, I'm here with uh, everybody. I have Ash, Jupiter, Oz, Cookie, and Tom. Um, I probably should have looked and seen if Samuel was around, but uh, fuck me, right? So I guess, uh, how you guys doing? How you guys thinking about the wrap up? How you guys just, you know, general feels on completing what was like a, a year long air quotes mini series. Can it be a mini series if it lasted a whole year? Like, I feel yeah. like we need a new name for that. I mean, you're not wrong. That's it. Recall recording like last November, December, so. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I when our one shots are multi episodes, <laughs> I mini still, series. Yeah, it's I different. still contend that that is bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Seth Skorkowski put out a video recently about the Alien starter set, the what we did last year for Halloween, right? Um, but he was just talking about like the things that come in the box and a little bit about the system. And he said he'll talk specifically about the the module, the adventure, the whatever you want to, the one, the air quotes, one shot uh, in a different video. So that he can talk about the specifics of that actual play session. And somewhere in there, he made mention of it taking him like 20 hours to get through it. <laughs> and I'm like, see, the playtime is bullshit. Yeah, no, we, we rushed the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your question, it took a while, uh, but I think it. I think in the beginning we said it's going to end when it naturally ends, and it just took us a year to naturally end it. Well, I mean, there was, what, four jobs or hunts, whatever you want to call them, we Mm -hmm. went on? Like, that seems reasonable. Mm -hmm. There was the projector. There was the house. There was uh, Miskatonic, the return to Miskatonic. Mm-hmm. Although Miskatonic the first time was in relation to the projector, mm-hmm. um, so was Insmith. So, so like I mean, three jobs, and one of them was rather involved. We probably could have done a entire series just about the projector and everything else that unlocked in Insmith and in. I mean, I think that was kind of the idea at first, and then because we had cultists show up like right away, 
and we did absolutely nothing with them because it's like, oh yeah, no, nice old lady. Okay, see ya. We're trying to steal a Polynesian fermentation bowl that <laughs> yeah. was used in illicit activities. Fermentation is for alcohol, and alcohol is illegal. <laughs> yes, and you're all nothing if not paragons of law and order. <laughs> Bruno is. Look, I'm out here protecting the world from things like you, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I only broke, like, technically one law. It was a big one. I mean, no. Ash existing is kind of illegal. It, it's it true. Is, yeah. Crime against nature. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you guys want to want to talk about? Because I know I have questions for you people. but Let's just jump into your questions. You want to jump into my questions or you want to jump into this list? Wherever you want to start, sir, it's your podcast. All right, I want to jump into the list so this way we can tangent later. I'll feel better about it. <laughs> uh, so we had people submit questions to a Google Doc that was linked on the episodes uh, in the Discord and anything to different people specifically. So I, I, got a, I guess a good amount of them here. Um, this first group is from Magdalena M-A-G-D oh that's who that is I wasn't sure because apparently she goes through like four different names because it's Keeper it's Keeper okay. Magdalena mm-hmm. I, that's kind of who I was suspecting mm-hmm. but she asks how is Bruno dealing with the latest developments well I, I would have say not well because because of kind of how things ended, and then now he's going to end up finding himself into this, uh, this marriage with Ruth, and probably like six kids or whatever she wants, and then, uh, sure, it's better than everybody else, but at the same time, you know, I, its own kind of horror. It is. I think it's incredible too, because Patterson straight out said no canoodling with the staff and what did we force we forced these two lovebirds you forced a canoodle (laughs) they forced it that shit came out of nowhere on me and then uh i feel like after valentine i had to go with it and then (laughs) (laughs) yeah go with it guilt (sighs) partially guilt yeah oh thank god nobody loves missy wow Wow. I mean, we did learn that this past recording. We sure did. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, I don't know. How do you guys think Bruno is dealing with the situation he found himself in, given that you're the cause for his discomfort? I'm going to say Bruno probably feels about 20% bad. But I think Bruno still likes being on the right side of things, that he still has his job because he still has a family. He still has siblings he has to take care of. So I think the majority of him is okay with with this. He didn't get caught up. He didn't get taken down with the others. He's okay. Uh, He dodged most of the crazy shit that we either went through or caused directly. And so because of that, he just got this this whole attitude of uh, it's just just another day at the office. And honestly, I think 
that pretty much saved his sanity compared to the rest of us. But I also don't know if Bruno really had anything going on behind the scenes like the rest of us did. Uh, I don't think that he really did. There was some stuff in there for, uh, like his family and stuff. But I think he was, he was the tough of the gang. I don't know if that makes sense to people. Yeah, yeah. We didn't get, yeah, he, he's a shallow pool. <laughs> yeah, but he's that, like, <laughs> um, so what I mean is like in Avatar, Toph doesn't change from when she's introduced to when she's end when the series really ends. But she is a like a yardstick where you know you, you plant it in the dirt here, and you see where people go mm-hmm. later on because you can always compare it back to that. I don't know. So like a marker, like you can kind of see how you can gauge how everyone else is doing based on where they've been around Bruno. Maybe a little bit. I'm not obviously. I'm biased, but I'm not trying to like uh, hype him up in any kind of specific way. Yeah, I definitely agree with Oz that probably came out of this better than anybody else did. Well, one person is dead. Two, one person is in the asylum. One person got lobotomized. Uh, We didn't really, we didn't really look in to see how Samuel finished off, but you know. Mm Desk duty isn't exactly oh, super exciting. Has guilt over all of that. <laughs> like he could have probably at least helped Cookie. Oh wow! You at saw least all the you could have helped her. By the she time, <laughs> by the time I got to the place where you were being capped, you were already a vegetable because you couldn't just handle your shit. Such a just great sit friend. on your hands. Yeah. Dang, I hope it keeps you up at night. Such <laughs> friendship. The only thing that keeps him up at night is Ruth. Oh. Ew. Ew. <laughs> so as you can see, Bruno is handling things just fine. Yes, yeah, he's fine. great. He's good. It's fine. <laughs> good. No worries. No guilt. No remorse. He's fine. Like I said, 20% guilt. The rest is he's okay. Yeah, yo, he brought Philip his little figurines in the psych ward. That was sweet that you gave him that. I'm sure the hospital took those away though after you left. It's fine. They got back out of the box and came back into Philip's room. Oh yes, of course they did. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next one. How does Philip plan to deal with the guilt? Does he have a plan already? Will there ever be one, or is Ozer happy to wing it? <laughs> Philip went insane. Uh, I don't think he he doesn't have a plan to feel guilt because he doesn't he doesn't think that he feels any. Of course he does. He absolutely does. It's his bullshit is probably one of the biggest things that ended the whole campaign. Uh, trying to get around the whole uh, death thing. So his plan was he had several plans. Um, I was trying to tie up loose ends. And so one of the plans was use the Animom script or kill three people, open up the gate, offer up souls to Thoth in exchange for Bertram, bring Bertram back. Bertram gets pissed. Bertram inhabits Philip's body and then goes to live his life as a Weasley British man. Uh, that, of course, didn't happen. Um, 
the second thing was he was starting to fall in with the cultists via Lucky. And if he had not gotten his hands on the second Anamom script or or remembered his tradecraft, which he totally forgot his book, uh, he would have switched out the ritual that the cultists were trying to do with the soul jar spell. And he was going to take out all the cultists and himself, and they were going to be locked into a tea service for eternity. We would have needed two years to do either of those storylines. We would have. And <laughs> series. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so uh, having it end the way it did is great because I spent this entire campaign winging it. Because like with a vampire campaign, I've got all these plans and then we get together to record and all those plans immediately go out the window and I just start winging it. And I'm helping. You're welcome. You're welcome with that. Oh yeah, I just I just make it look good. I just make it look like I have a plan. That's all. Uh man. Uh, can Wackity elaborate on the September comment about how Teapot Ash was the hardest character to play? I sure can. Um, Teapot Ash was probably the most difficult character that I've ever had to play in an RPG ever. Um. Ash was already very limited in his ability to influence the world around it, and that was further reduced to almost zero uh, whenever he was brought into the teapot. Um, Jupe, can I kind of get into the rules that I was relegated to out of character? Uh, sure. So essentially, um, I needed to do my best to keep my dialogue short which is very difficult for me because I have a tendency to monologue. Um, and on top of that, I could only talk to people around me that knew that I existed. Um, so at the beginning, it was Philip and Tom, or sorry, excuse me, Philip and Finn, uh, and then later on, Bruno. Um, and even then, I had to keep uh, my dialogue short, and I couldn't physically uh, manipulate anything like whenever I could whenever I was a free-roaming spirit. Uh, so I was basically completely relegated to me being able to convince people not to uh, hurt me, which you can see how well that turned out. Um, another thing that was just very tricky is just not having arms, legs, things like that. Um, you kind of don't realize how important those things are until you can't use them, and that applies in uh, RPGs all the same. I've never played a character that wasn't able to move on its own that could only talk to specific characters that met certain criteria. And, you know, I was essentially fully dependent on uh, the people around me, and I was at their mercy, which I had never been that way before. Um, usually in any other RPG, uh, I'd had some sort of uh, free will or ability to at least react to what was going on around me. But whenever I was a teapot, all I could basically do was talk and hope the people that I was talking to would do what I asked them to do, which some of them did for a little bit. Uh, most of the time they didn't, though, as I was buried in a hole. In a grave. Yeah, I'm helping. In a grave, yeah. <laughs> which, which, there is no saltiness in my voice. Bruno absolutely made the best decision that he could have because had I gotten out, I would have I would have been very, very, very bad. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about plans that got ruined? I, I'm still bummed that, that <sighs> man, fucking wrecked that whole thing. Me too. I I still should have just gone through with it. You just would have been a, you just would have been the severed head. 
Oh my god, you could be like Mimir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Very own Mimir. <laughs> I would have loved that so much. I almost wish that <laughs> I almost wish that we hadn't realized that later. Because I was like, oh no, no, that would be right. so fun. But I mean it's it was still fun to be a teapot. Shit, I'm still a teapot. But on uh on Discord right now. <laughs> it's true. Oh man. Uh do you agree that you need more stolen law gnomes in the narrative? Yes. Get those. Okay. There you have it. I do not get that one. I don't either. Cool. Wasn't the the law gnomes the first one shot he did? The Halloween one? Yeah. That we did? Yeah, they were little lawn figurines. They weren't gnomes, but yeah. I they were still... like little gargoyles. Oh, right. <laughs> I thought maybe that's it was a reference we, to that, but I don't know. That's where we discovered Bams' playstyle for Call of Cthulhu. If you can't see it or hear it, it can't do anything to you. That's solid. <laughs> and then a bug shows up. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, I think my playstyle for that was... Because like they have those shows, right? Where they're out there, cryptozoology stuff, and they never find anything. So I kind of wanted to be like, ha ha, gotcha. Because, you know, they can't see or hear anything. But Bruno actually had points in Spot Hidden and Listen and stuff, and he was actually like, I want to say a competent investigator, but look where that got him. Exactly. You're the best investigator. You're the last one standing. I was yeah. about to say, not dead or crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and with a new bride. This is great. <laughs> it's great for saying. her. <laughs> to be the best investigator, you kill all the others because you're the last whoa. one standing. Whoa, whoa! I killed wow. one. Mm, yeah, yeah, okay. One. Look, just, you you big. led to Cookie uh, getting lobotomized. Clearly, wow. I I read no incantation, <laughs> and she got lobotomized because she kept trying to escape. <laughs> yeah, she could just be a good girl. <laughs> yeah, technically, I accept blame. That one, that one fell into my fault. My bad. I'm sorry. I am super interested from, I guess I probably should ask this in the Discord, because uh, on the released episode, and I told you we were going to do this, Ash, we, we deleted you out of the track for Cookies or Charlotte's uh, epilogue stuff. So there's mm-hmm. just decent blocks of silence there, and I'm curious how that listens to everybody who listened to it. Because obviously, like, I had to listen to the whole thing to edit, so I knew how it turned out, but like... Um. Yeah. I I did end up cutting some of the silence down. Like instead of having the full thing that was there, I I extended the silence from like two seconds to like three to four, so people knew that something was going on. But I also didn't uh, do the like the entire line because there would have been just too much dead air. It's not a lot. I went for like 20 seconds. But the people like it. That's the question. Yeah. And we did put in the comment to that episode a link to the the unedited version of Charlotte's part so that uh, people could hear the conversation that she was having with Ash as he convinced her or played into convincing her to try to escape. Did it sound crazy? Did it work? Yeah, you sound crazy. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. 
I don't know whose idea that was. I think it was your attempt, but that was a good idea to take me out and do that because it makes it sound way more convincing that he's just actually insane. Your connection was dying in there, but I agree that all of my ideas are good ideas. Uh, I basically said the idea that I made it definitely it make you more crazy than if I'd actually been answering her. Was that? Was, but Yep. You're, you're dying on me, bro. Oh, man. Um, Moving down, I think the psychotrons questions. Unless anybody has anything else that they want to say about those ones, uh, I will say they were great questions. And thank you, Keeper, for asking them. I, I always love it when people ask about me. <laughs> Favorite thing is your own voice. Uh, yeah. All right. So, psychotrons questions is: Was there any discussion outside of the raw recordings? Uh, about how the series would conclude, or was it all just in-character roleplay? That was entirely in-character, in all of it. Uh, yeah, yes, but I would kind of clarify it is Call of Cthulhu, so we all knew everyone was going to end up somehow horribly something. Sure. Because it's Cthulhu, which is probably the extent of the outside discussion we had just the constant reminder that this is Cthulhu and people are going to go crazy or die or something. Yeah, I think Jupe told us that every single day. So. Just about, yes. I do also want to point out that at the end, when uh, Bruno and the rest of them are separated, Jupe tried to be like, because I was like, no, 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 no. You guys go on. I'm not going to be there. She was like, oh, but we could just, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to know what's going on because. Wait, wait, wait. To be fair, you did that like three recordings in a row, and it gave me a complex of like, is he just checking out? Does he not want to record? What's going on? So. I'm sorry yeah. that you you had a weirdo complex about it, but. <laughs> and then brutal. you turned around and listened to it anyway. I listened to it <laughs> after we recorded my response to the situation because let me tell you you guys did some fucking crazy shit yeah yes once you explained why you were doing it i felt better but you didn't explain it until like the third time when i was like what is going on you're like well this like all right fine just tell me that i don't just bail uh, that's it i'm out of (laughs) here go make another podcast with blackjack and hookers there you go Sounds good. Uh, I feel like, since we're talking about the ending, this series ended better than Shadowrun did, but Shadowrun started better than Cthulhu did. Oh, Cthulhu started so, so badly. Oh my gosh, I... Just anxiety-ridden. I wasn't sleeping. It was terrible. Why weren't you sleeping? Because, uh, like in Shadowrun, we had people talking about when we had an episode drop. When we started dropping Call of Cthulhu, we didn't have chatter. And I was like, oh, my gosh, nobody likes it. They hate it. I've just killed our podcast. Bamps is going to be so mad. No more friendversaries. What am I going to do? No more secret Santas? No more secret Santas. He's going to kick me out. And, yeah, I would would agree with that. Like, (laughs) getting getting 
really not a lot of feedback through throughout the entire series. And I don't know how much of this was because of COVID, because we essentially ran Call of Cthulhu through the entirety of the COVID pan- pandemic. We had maybe like, what, 12 releases before that hit? Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that. So, yeah, and then something I noticed is that when the pandemic hit, nobody wanted to do nobody was listening to podcasts anymore like across the board uh downloads just dropped everywhere so i'm sitting here watching the numbers dwindle like oh god are are fans dying and of course i never hear from them so i'm like oh god they are dying yeah it was it 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 started off it started off shaky it finished, I think it finished strong. We started seeing more chatter. We started seeing more discussion about what was going on. We were getting that feedback. And so it, it finished strong. And of course it finished better. I didn't end up dead at the end. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> In addition, there was also more planning about the starting of Shadowrun, how, like, where it was going to start, mm-hmm. the prologue up to it. And we kind of bobbled the start of Cthulhu a bit. Yeah, I remember the start of Cthulhu, I found like my biggest problem was we started planning and getting stuff ready three, four months before we actually started. Mm -hmm. So I did a bunch of research four months beforehand about what I wanted, like about the Ireland during that time. And then it comes to and I forgot 90% of it. So I'm like, oops. Mm-hmm. And then also a mix of, like, it's 1920s. How much do we want to stick with 1920s? We should know more about 1920s than we do, it seems. Right? I think it was, we all played Shadowrun before. We all knew what Shadowrun was. We knew what to expect. And then the setting just... It's not that it wasn't there. It was more of a um, a culture shock, almost. Yeah. Yeah, I I wish you guys would have chosen modern time, but you didn't. You wanted that 1920s classic Call of Cthulhu and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, I agree. Modern would have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Even though I was a big proponent for 20s. Yes, you what you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just just blame me. I'll take I'll, I'll uh, okay. Take cool. Done. Done. Mark it in the book. I'm off the hook. <laughs> so handy that we could um, like Google stuff like, Oh, was this invented? Would we have access to this? That was kind of fun to, to experience. Uh, we can hear some kind of noise from you, Ash. Okay. I oh. switched devices. We'll see how that goes. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Indeed. Um, Psychotron's next question was, was Sam the head of one of the three cults mentioned in the series? He was too much of a straight man and had to be hiding something. He was not. He was a straight man. That's it. Sadly, yeah. uh, sadly, real life came into things and he had to take care of that. I don't. He's in the military. I don't want to go into details because that's just the whole mess. Um, and given as he was in the medical portion of the military, of the Navy specifically, 
I don't know what kind of situation he is still in, given the state of the world right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people thought it, he was just uh, the way he was. He he portrayed his character Sam was just so straightforward and and earnest that he has to be hiding something. Nobody's this squeaky clean. Everybody else had their dark side. Sam had none of that. And so they felt there had to be something. Also with Mm -hmm. Sam going out by himself to take pictures, Mm -hmm. right? That is suspicious when everyone else is being suspicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I agree. Also, you probably shouldn't trust anyone. So. <laughs> you shouldn't trust anybody. They're all up to something. They all want something. Um, I actually listened to a show one time that did a call of Cthulhu, and the GM, the, the players didn't do very well. And the GM said at the end, there are basically two types of people in Call of Cthulhu. There are people who don't know anything about what's going on, and then there's people who are lying to you. So. Huh. Which, I don't know if that's actually true, but I thought it was an interesting way to put it. It's an interesting way to thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Moving on, if you... Go ahead. Oh, no, it's fine. If you could change the outcome of one scene in the series, what would it have been? I don't know if anybody has a good answer for this. I have mine. Um, So mine is the opening um just that first bit where we're all brought together there's the paintings uh it came off very slow and forced mm-hmm. it did um so i think if we were to have re- recorded that now now that we know who our characters are what we were expecting and what we wanted i think that would have come off uh thousand times better we should have started after that first time skip that first like three-year thing but there was miscommunications and rushing and other stuff um yeah other than some bad dice rolls uh i would say that was probably (laughs) the uh one scene i would that that's mine that road trip back where finn is trying his damnedest to get away I want to see what the alternate reality is where Finn gets away. Uh, I know exactly what it would have been. Oh, yeah? Um, there's my plan. Um, at that point, I gave up trying to get Ash, and I was trying to... I knew... Finn knew that uh, Philip was suspicious of him. So Finn wanted to plant... make it seem like Ash was his main goal so that Philip might try and stop Ash or something, you know, get that, if that makes sense. Um, Finn would have uh, stolen the car, grabbed the bag without looking in, uh, went to his house, grabbed his copy, his book, and then got on a boat back to Ireland. Because now that he has two books, he can go back home. But in reality, he opens up the book, uh, the bag, while he's on the ship and finds out that the book wasn't in the bag. Yeah. It was totally that scene from the fifth element when Gary Oldman opens up the bag and he just starts crying. Cause it wasn't the, the, the box wasn't there. 
yeah, pretty much. That's how, that's how, uh, well, when I was planning it, I thought the book was actually in the bag. Uh, but when I was told afterwards it's not in the bag, uh, that's probably how it would have gone or how yeah. I was aiming for. Yeah, honestly, that, that entire thing went better than I expected it would because I had been sitting there thinking about it. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you, Tom, you, Finn was supposed to be, was trying to say he was after Ash, but. Finn had been going on about the book and knowing way too much about it for something that was supposed to be myth, even for what they did. And so Philip's suspicion was he, he wants this book. He's entirely too interested in it. And of course his sanity starting to slip. And so when he's at the hotel and he's writing a mission report to Patterson and writing off all these letters, basically saying, if you receive this and you don't find me, I am dead. And this is why. And then he's like, you know, I should probably not keep this book. And that's before learning about the other ones. So he sent the book out with the letter and I didn't tell anyone except for Juke because Juke was a storyteller. So I was a huge fan of that scene. If I could change anything, gosh, I don't think I would because it would have added another two years onto the podcast. So I think where it ended is, is going to work out pretty well. I thought of I, one other thing, sorry, that ahead. I think would be a, in, would have been a nice change is when Jupe and I sat together to make the books. One of the things was that each of the books were supposed to be funny or somewhat strange in some way, which is why uh, Finn's book couldn't open up in the light you couldn't read it in light so i was i was hoping to see the other book have some sort of mystical thing about it yeah that would have been nice uh but i mean because we wrote the premise of what was in the books four months before we started and like almost a year or even a year uh before we recorded that i don't blame jupe for forgetting because long times. I think I would have changed the scene um, in the morgue with uh, Doyle's body. Me too. <laughs> Actually, you up and walking around. <laughs> mine would have been. I mean, Doyle's body would have been fun. Um, I remember whenever we were recording that there was a very hastily uh, typed out conversation between me and Jupiter. She was like, you know, this is temporary. I was like, yes, 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 yes. She was like, you're going to be inhabiting a dead body. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I'm cool with this. Fine, it's going to be great. And then, um, mm. but after that, I think if I could have changed it, I think I would have begged Philip not to give me a broom. Um, but kind of like how uh, I was saying just a moment ago, you know, had he not done that and had Ash actually got some where he may have gotten out or been able to enact any of his lines. The podcast would have taken her, or at least I would have tacked on a significant amount of time. Uh, as long as I may have been probably would have been the project. And I don't really have anything that I I would have liked to see what Finn would have done had I failed the role to like resist his mind control there at the end. But 
Oh yeah, that would have been. Uh, sorry, that would have been. You walk away. I go back to the car, steal the gun, shoot Philip, take the keys, and drive off. That's it. Just walk. Cool. Just keep walking in the snow. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'm good. I got nothing. <laughs> At least that was my train of thought. Ash, you sound like you are recording from a teapot. It's I agree. Statement. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know how to fix it, but I think it's something I'm going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, fine. Moving along, these two are for Jupe. Mm. Uh, how did Jupiter deal with the absolute bizarre choices made by the PCs? Um, I think I. I... You can't plan what a player will do, especially this group. You, you have no idea how what what decision they're going to make. Um, I feel I attacked. This, no, no, no. I'm not talking about just one player. All of you made some weird decisions, and I rolled with it. And I tried to, yeah, you know, that's what they want to do. Let's embrace it. Let's go down that road. But there were some nights where I just sat here muted with my jaw on the floor shaking my head going what the hell are they doing but i would unmute and go okay let's go (laughs) the answer to that is the best we could (laughs) i mean there were just some weird and and yeah i i mean i i got some of the decisions but some of the other ones were just so so out there I don't know what's going on. Like, why what would was, you do that? What was the most out there thing? We're on the run from a government agency. Let's go to one of our houses and sit there for three hours. I mean, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe I won't do that in real yeah. life. <laughs> Let's not do that. We had other plans. We knew what we were trying to do. Bring our team members is reading a book. Let's shoot at her and then let's punch her. That was surprising. (laughs) Okay, in my defense, I was trying to hit the book. I was trying to hit the book. Yeah, just some things. It was just like, um, what? Like, okay. I actually had to stop myself whenever Bruno punched her face because I was laughing really loud. It was, it made sense, all right? It made perfect sense. Yeah, no. It was the right decision to make. <laughs> if you keep saying, like, what are they doing? I think we were just having fun, honestly. Yeah. yeah. No, no. And again, I, I never, like, in the moment, I tried not to go, are you sure you want to do that? Or, like, I didn't want to talk you guys out of it. If that's what you wanted to do, Cool. But at that moment, I'm kind of also like one of our listeners, and I'm listening, going, "What are they doing? Why would they do that? That makes what? no sense." <laughs> so the one with um, punching Cookie, I think, was three different characters wanted that book, and Bruno just wanted the book put away. Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be a very interesting. He didn't know what was going on and knew that that was an evil book and she needed to not be reading it. 
So I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but it's something I observed over the course of events. But even though Bruno acted against what would have happened, he technically made the right decision whenever came to most of the things he did. Touching over the place that I was probably president to do, bringing it was the right thing to do. This is why he's married and a family man now. That's, that's why he's not in an asylum or death. <laughs> it's true. It's very know. true. <laughs> he is just the best boy. Best boy. Yeah. He's a straight man of the group. Sort of, I think. A bit. He's certainly the sane man of the group. Yeah. Hey. He <laughs> Finn was he sane the whole time. Doesn't have aspirations beyond like just living a decent life. Like everyone else has. What's like, wrong with that? It's a simple. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just exactly. He's the working class know. hero. <laughs> I'm just yelling at everybody. I'm just. I'm just. You know I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Follow up question. Will Jupe ever consider running another game for the podcast after this experience? Um, I would if I was asked to do it again. Sure. So next week you're uh, running again? Uh, no. Somebody else has to take their turn. Tom. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to wait for aliens to finish. That's just no gonna be another kidding, year. Oz. It's gonna be another year. Hey, look. The first box was supposed to be 20 hours. We did it in like nine. This one is longer than that. So if you wanted to go faster, my Marines need to step up and start shooting each other. I can start shooting the other Marines, definitely. Some commanding officer you are. (laughs) You say shoot Uh, everyone? Got it. (laughs) God damn it, Hammer! (laughs) Oh, man. Sakara has a few questions as well. Uh, pick on Jupe time, but how did Jupiter get to be storyteller for a miniseries for over a year? Uh, we had finished Shadowrun, and you said you were a little burned out, and you wanted to work on a different uh, little project of writing up the Shadowrun runs that we did. Which never happened. Needed, which never happened. And so you need Shocker. Like, you, we need to do some new content. Let's go to a new system. Who's going to run it? And I, I believe I was asked, and I said, sure, I'll do it. And it was only a miniseries. It was only, I think, supposed to be, I think we said it was going to be like three or four months. So you could have your little break. Ended up being a year. Yeah. Even with all that extra time, he still didn't get his work done. I didn't point that out. I just want that on the record. That's fine. I understand that it's the last house right now. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, for Ash, why is Ash so mean all the time? Uh, That's a question I've been looking forward to the most. Um, thank you, by the way, Tiki, for uh, this was put on there. Um, I was not good at it. No, you were not. As not far at as all. I did it, I did not it. at all. <laughs> Ouch. We had to push you to be so you good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poorly, but we can. You're such a nice person, normally. Way too nice. Oh, and being mean was such a challenge. 
But I think when we recorded those sessions, Cookie, you and I pushed him. We were both saying, you have to be meaner. You have to say it this way. And he's just like, I don't know what to say. Sorry. So we would give him lines like, how about this? And he would be, that's too mean. It's like, that's oh, my gosh. Can you tell everybody about how we made you be the ab- abusive boyfriend? <laughs> I think he's working with tech issues at the moment. He's got some tech issues. Yep. Sure. Um, specifically, let me throw in a few things here. Um, I guess Jupe actually would be better to throw in a few things. Can you explain a little bit about what Ash was for people? Because I feel like this is the the good time to do it as to white. That's a cookie question. What Ash was. Um, so he. I swear to God, if you say best friends, I'm going to drive over there and <laughs> I don't know what we'll do then, but. Whatever. I just needed a friend. Can you hear now? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, you sound good now. All right. Um, so, uh, to answer the question, taking it from the. Um, I was because I was told being, um, which is the truth. That was the role that was uh, requested uh, as for what happened. I actually will not get it. From uh, Jupiter, uh, he and eventually bounced to get me to the level where I had to get a good level of that was a easy scene. Uh, I believe it was Christmas when Cookie uh, went to visit family, and they took a walk on the dock, and Ash was meant to uh, to be, be mean to Bruno and whisper things that were on the piece here. I think I had to do three takes to get to the level of uh, of being uh, a strong whatever you like call it. Uh, that was acceptable. Um, Especially after I was let off my shoes, so to say, and murdered oil, and um, I stood in an and that actually, uh, it's free. Um, but then I was uh, stopped by the hero of the story. Um, but yeah, that's why I was going to speak because that was the other role that I actually needed to fill. Can I actually? I like that you're about to ask, can I actually talk about it? And you you died in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who is inhabiting your house and your, your headset and your, your computer, but that is the real ghost boyfriend who is angry that you you were you were captured and killed. Uh but if Charlotte and Truth want to answer the questions as to what Ash was for everyone. So I based kind of the character off of um, the like Mayfair Witches series by Anne Rice. Uh, there's this 
ghost thing that follows the family around for a long time basically gains power and is eventually able to be born into the real world where it basically like wreaks havoc because it's evil. It's an abomination. It shouldn't be there. Um, and I just loved that idea. I thought that it would be a lot of fun to play with. And I'm glad that Jupe agreed. I do enjoy Sorry, but I just fell out 7,000 times. Huh? That connection's still bad. <laughs> I don't know why. You have a house I don't know why. I'm sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. Uh, it reminded me, uh, there was an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Sub Rosa, where uh, Crusher gets a candle from her grandmother or whatever it was, and this dude came along with it, and he starts trying to get her to attune to the candle so that he can feed off of her life force and shit. Reminded me a lot of that. I watched a lot of Star Trek back in the day. Uh, moving on, though. What was the hardest thing to RP during the course of the season for each player and storyteller? Uh, Shadi, not first. Uh, I, I don't know about anybody else here, but everything was very easy for me to role play because I am insane. So I think trying to turn it up to 11 when I finally got to that point was, you know, remembering, oh, yes, I am crazier than my sand loss actually suggests. So otherwise, I think the rest of it was everything that happened to Philip is something that I came up with. So I I made him suffer. It was all me. Moohoo. Ha ha ha. Uh, So for Finn... At the start, uh, the accent took me a while to get. Oh God, used to. yeah, that was a pain. Um, I completely dropped. I was going to have him when he cursed be, um, like, uh, sweet Mary Joseph sort of thing, right? Like, not the constant. What it turned into is just, oh fuck, fuck me, right? I wanted to go more different and I completely dropped that. Um, and then those are the two main things. And then also trying to be a cultist was a little tough. Uh, because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what culty thing I was supposed to do. Or I probably should have thought of something and went with it. And, you know, try and plot and do stuff, but I didn't. You did magic shit and made the grab for more magic shit when it was put in front of you. Yeah, right. Just when the opportunity arised and I was being passive about it. But I feel like I should have been active in trying to grow the thing. Um, There's a bunch of things dropped about... Uh, Philip wanted to go, it was mentioned a, uh, what was it called? The auction, which yeah, had uh-huh. the estate the, sale. Yeah. There was supposed to be one of the books or something there that, uh, Finn was probably going to like, or at least it was hinted that that was going to be there. 
I completely dropped the ball on doing that. Um, and right, there was a giant warehouse full of magical artifact thingies, as was mentioned at the end. Uh, why didn't Finn try and steal any earlier? Um, you know, just small things just to, well, not small things, those would be big, but, um, you know, ways to try and boost that, oh, he's actually a cultist. Like that feeling of it. Uh, for me, it probably would have been when we had to go back and like, because with having Ash as my secret teapot boyfriend, um, we would do things and then have to go back and record with him because sometimes he wasn't with us. And then have to make it like work out the way that we wanted it to work out. You know what I mean? Like playing something with that purpose was a little challenging sometimes. Yeah, the hardest thing for me role playing was feeding me into Cookie specifically. Um, because she's a good actress and I actually felt like I was starting to um, hence the coaching that I had to have to be more evil. You need a bird easy. Wow. Wow. He's not wrong. It is very easy to be mean to Bruno. You're my nemesis. I'm sorry. That's fair. I'm only, I'm only nine years old and I have two nemesis. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was very difficult being mean the cookie. Well, you didn't have to at all. That was a job, and it was great. You did a great job. I know, I know. Like after the fact, but at the time. I was convinced that I was actually hurting your feelings. Which is a compliment to you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun doing it. I knew that you weren't talking to me, so it's cool. <laughs> because I remember the, the doc scene where you guys had to be like, come on, come on, do it, like be meaner. And I think I finally got there. Oh, I'm not sure I know what my, cause like the last scene in the epilogue where Bruno is sitting down with Philip and just watching this dude be completely unraveled, um, was a little bit hard to just sit there and be like, man, you did good, kid. <laughs> yep, good, good job, guy. I'm, I'm gonna go now, you crazy British man. Um, but also the having to interrogate everybody and Jupiter being the complete monster that she is making Bruno do it. He just wants to get some fucking rest. He is tired and cranky. It's been a long day. Can he get a fucking day off? No, of course not. Well, you're like the only one still working. So there was a whole department of everybody else that was there. Didn't have to make Bruno do everything. God. Um, Jupe, do you have a thing that was hard for you to role play? Um, it is it is hard as a GM to have to be all these different NPCs, and I'm like, I'm sorry, they are all going to sound the same. I don't do voices, I don't do accents, so that was like, I feel like uh, I really should try to do better, but I just can't. Um, I think the easiest one for me to role play though was Doyle and I'm sad that you guys killed him. So he's gone and I couldn't do that anymore because it was fantastic. 
I know. I know. Say it. I know. He got everything that was coming to him. He, he was a slime ball. No, he wasn't. Yeah, Philip was a slime ball. Philip is a slime ball. Each of them. We are looking at. We are looking at it from 2020 sensibilities, so it's a little different. Nope, you've died again. Uh, who the fuck is Zabos or Zaboth? Zaboth. He spells it wrong. It's Zaboth. It's Abner. But no. But really. But really. But yeah. Okay. Zaboth. Uh, is the product of a deep one and his mom. And um, Zaboth, when he becomes a man, is around that time where Innsmouth gets bombed. Is he like the canonical? Uh, no. Okay. No. We you just used That's him not, to. We just yeah. I just they they just say they went in and bombed Innsmouth. There's really no. They just say deep ones and everything. They don't really say what was the catalyst for it that I I ever discovered. And I thought, well, why not it just be someone yeah, holy abomination? Prince. Their dark prince has come now to claim his throne. Okay. <laughs> he was I mean, another NPC that I just loved. It was just a, the idea of this adorable little boy. That was just so solemn, somber, and you guys just getting freaked out by him. Was you was just fun. said he was their dark prince returned? You didn't know that. You just saw an adorable little boy. No, no, aren't you linked to us? He was creepy looking. <laughs> Link was great. It's big eyes. <laughs> Love that picture. <laughs> um, follow up question to Oz was. The bit about the whales being the jailers, something that's actually in like Cthulhu lore, or is that some crazy bullshit that you made up? Oh, that was crazy bullshit that I made up. I I did almost no research for the role, and I was just like, okay, well, he's he's got to be crazy, and he's finding things that could plausibly make sense in terms of the agency, but he's making these wild ass claims, but because he's always right, he knows they're correct. And so one of the things that I do remember is that in, uh, in every call of Cthulhu game that I've seen, the it's, it's like whaling stations, whalers islands, like the actual call of Cthulhu game, you roll into this, uh, this Island where they're whalers and they haven't caught a whaler, a whale in like, a decade like the last one they caught was basically like Moby Dick and they ate for like weeks off of that and then they started going away after that so I'm like alright well I know Dagon comes from the deep uh, what if oh yeah no totally the the whales are the heralds of the of, of Dagon's return because they're his jailer and when their numbers dwindle uh, blah blah blah. Star Trek for the voyage home. So Bruno is going to have to go into the past, or in this case, into the future, 1984 San Francisco, and rescue two humpback whales. 
to bring back to 1928 and make sure that Dagon remains in his uh, abyssal prison. It's it's all bullshit. That's that's what makes it so much fun. I wasn't sure if it was something that actually like exists, if it was all bullshit. And I'm happy oh, that it's all bullshit. Absolutely all bullshit. What was in the letter Bruno gave to the police chief? Uh, that was a letter from Patterson saying, basically, it was a, hey, law enforcement bro to law enforcement bro, you're going to let this happen? He's going to give you a person to pin it on. You're going to go with it. And in the future, if you ever need me to help you with something, you, I'll owe you. Shady dealings in law enforcement. Oh, my gosh. It's so out of character. No, that's on Fridays. <laughs> hey Every other Friday, to be precise. <laughs> uh, Scar continues to ask, why not sad Hulk music? You uh, sad Hulk music. And, and no, it's uh, apparently sad Hulk music is uh, royalty-free. It is copyright-free, so I could use it. But because it was used in a TV show, and also I am lazy as a sound editor, I did not research it until later when I found it. Um, copyright issues are the bane of people doing podcast editing work like this. Like if I want to use music, I have to be very careful about what I do. Uh, I get permission from the creators. I link to the creators in in the podcast. I give them shout outs. That's usually as far as I need to go, but something that was used in a major production like that, it's very iffy. And I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we get a, a CND from whoever does the, the probably a, what CBS, I guess. If CBS is interested in doing that, they'll send a CND and I'll have to go pull that music track. Well, now that we know it's not copyrighted and free to use. Right. Yeah, it'd be fine. Next time. Hmm. Just uh, don't put it on YouTube if you do, because then it will just get YouTube yeah. slapped down. Yo, I accidentally put up the the Vampire Session Zero that we did on my YouTube because I backed it up with OBS for whatever reason at the time. Uh, and people comment, and I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. I'm like, fuck. Six months later. So I had a hide that and put that away somewhere. Um, and Scar's final question is, is, have you discussed the move to a four-player table, or is it something that happened naturally? It happened naturally. We mentioned that Sam had uh, work issues crop up. Uh, had to go take care of that, so sadly shit happens. But to be honest, I found it easier to GM for the podcast, a four-person table. Do you find a four-person table easier, Bamps, on VTM than it was for Shadowruns 5? Um, that's hard to say because they are different people than uh, than Shadowrun. And in Vampire situation, I have... Oh, how, how should I put it? I put you guys inside a ball... And you're at the top of a hill, and I just gave it a little push, and then you guys have just like kept running along inside, trying to stand up without falling over as it slowly goes faster and faster. All right, 
But hey, we're about to crash into a wall, so that'll be fun. Yay. Kyle <laughs> uh, asks, how has your opinion of characters changed over the course of the campaign? Um, it's the hard one, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it, it really is. So I feel that I, I wasn't when, when Cookie came in, I was not sure what to expect because nobody told me anything about her how she how she plays her character or anything and so i was kind of reserved i'm like okay uh, this will be this will be all right it was fa- she's fantastic um one thing that nobody knows that is when i was editing the final epilogues putting them all together like i had to i had to stop a couple times during cookies because hers was first and just she's able to put so much emotion into her voice like Charlotte hits the breaking point and I can hear it and I have to stop the recording. I have to take a second like Jesus, this was this is really powerful. So we're we're just gonna put our strongest foot forward right here. And it uh I mean she really brought this whole podcast to another level. I'm like, yeah, I can I can be crazy, but she can be insane and she pulls it off. Can you hear me blushing through the monitor? Can you hear that? <laughs> Yes, I can. You have a very experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would agree. Uh, uh, well, not character, but uh, Cookie. Uh, from what I remember hearing about her was that she played D&D with Bamps for the first time or something like that. And that was like her first RPG experience. So when I heard that, I'm like, uh-oh, is she going to like suck? <laughs> and no. Cookie's wonderful. Uh, great. Great player. Thank you, but I still feel like I suck because I don't know any of the rules. So, ever, I'm always messing up and everybody has to carry me and fix all of that for me all the time. Um, and thanks for letting me play with you. That's all. I mean, you made it hard for me to be mean, and I'm a naturally mean person, so... Kudos. Six to death. Doubt. <laughs> hey, Jupiter. Am I mean? You can be when you want to be. I can you? Yeah. <laughs> In comparison, I am a horrendous asshole. <laughs> um. No one is arguing. You see that? Hear the crickets? See? That's how you know <laughs> that it's true. No, I'm the biggest jerk. <laughs> um. <laughs> I hmm, trying to think on how my opinion of characters changed. Um, Finn, I think did a really good job of being normal. And then when shit needed to pop off, like with the house, when he was seeing things and then decided to stab Bruno, I was like, what the fuck? Um, and then at the end, when, starting on that drive back and then finishing off with the it's an angel. It's like, okay. Made him seem like really normal for the most part. And then in those little, I don't even want to call them cracks, but in those little seams, you just pull on it a little bit. It just starts to unravel. I, I would say that's mostly because I didn't know what to do until then. To that's fair. Culty. 
So I played them just as normal as possible until I figured out what I wanted. Uh, huh. Yeah, but for me, for character changes, um, uh, like Finn, I, I guess was a lot of, I didn't know what I wanted with him. So he changed. My biggest problem with Finn when I was playing him is, again, I had no clue what I wanted with him. So I felt like he flip-flopped constantly on how he was portrayed. He doesn't seem like the same person episode to episode. Um, but of course, I'm thinking that because I played him. I don't know if anyone else noticed as much. Um I would disagree. I feel like you were pretty calm, cool, and collected until the end there when you got pretty damn evil. Oh, thank you. Uh, And then, so, my opinion of Philip was, I was expecting him to stay like a straight man, sort of like the normal character throughout most of it. Uh, because he started off as the leader of the group on the prequel or like the intro session. And oh, then, yeah, and then it just snapped. Right? That was a big change that I was not expecting. Or like he was going to be the pompous English asshole. Yeah, when when I, I made him, the idea was uh, he is going to be just a giant jackass, but he is going to be that smart know-it-all jackass and i had the exact same problem you did i had no idea what he wanted to be until dunwich and that was then what are we going to do as deepest fear or you know what's your darkest memory i'm like okay well let's be terrible and then it comes out you know he straight out his cowardice killed the the only man he's ever loved and i was just like okay now now i now i have how what what drives him and that that was pretty great you didn't kill him you trapped him in an egyptian tomb and then he died out of like probably dehydration or starvation like that's that's a little bit more than just killing him yeah, you also tortured him to death. Yeah, Thank he got to it. spend his last hours or days thinking about you abandoning him. Probably had to think about killing himself. Maybe. Yeah, no. That's, that yeah. that was that was my character concept, a terrible person. And you know what? I succeeded. <laughs> uh Ash, do you have a another comment in that regards as to character changes? Um Kind of. Um, I did like the evolution of Tom and Philip, which uh, you both are you all kind of brought up before. Um, just the evolution of those two was really fun to watch. Um, I think I mentioned before, I think it happened off the air, but I think Bruno was my favorite character, but he technically Aww. stayed constant. He is. He, he is my favorite. Um, he's a character who was doing the best with what he had. He was also a character based on strength which is a character that I gravitate towards whenever it comes to uh, whether it be um, TV shows, movies, uh, books, RPGs, whatever. Um, Those kinds of characters are ones that I like. Um, As far as changes are concerned, I don't think Bruno actually changed that much, Um, though I think he stayed constant. He held truest to his values. Um, 
so I don't know if that particularly applies to this question or to to this um cookie I really enjoyed uh playing with she was fantastic um I was kind of nervous I remember whenever um Jupiter first started talking to me about this role um and she and I and uh cookie got together and we talked about what we were going to do um uh, the role of Ash and how he was connected to Charlotte um, was really interesting to me, and I was very excited. So uh, just getting to see them uh, grow together um, from the sort of benign beginnings to uh, Ash's uh, more evil and manipulative uh, behavior towards her, and then finally uh, her friends trying to save her from Ash um that was really fun for me to get to uh not only like listen to and see but also be a part of um but yeah just overall like the entire experience and getting to see all of you especially with the uh the seats that I had so to say uh, it was really cool to see how everybody uh evolved over the course of the show and I hope to God that I didn't break up at all during that whole thing that I just said. Not one bit. You nice. actually didn't. Fuck yeah. It was like the clearest time I've ever heard you talk. Well, there we go. I was saving it for the end. No, we're not quite at the end yet. Um, oh, okay. Well, let's hope it holds out then. You you answered my follow-up question, which was going to be, what is everybody's favorite character that's not their own? Bruno, for me, for sure, for the reasons that I already listed. Yeah, and I'm sorry, Kiki. Like I, I like you too, but I gravitate towards the uh, I gravitate towards the muscle because that's what I play. Um, but anyway, that's mine. Mine uh, was definitely Philip. I loved it. I loved that swarmy British bastard and his Marrakesh and his smoking and all that funny like fun stuff. Oh little idiosyncrasies well i mean kiki you were my favorite character for the reasons i've already said just because she was definitely uh i think the most human out of all of us and i think the most broken when philip's good intentions got in the way of everything um i don't know to be honest I can't say Ash because I didn't listen to anything before. I didn't listen to Ash talk at all until it was revealed he was in, like, he was there, right? That was, mm-hmm. like, the last job. So, because I didn't listen to any of the other recordings. I mean, it was great. I liked Ash when he showed up. Um, but I didn't listen to any before, so I can't say that. Um I liked that, but like Bruno, Philip, and Cookie. Oh, they're all really good. They all filled their roles exactly how I expected. Well, except for Philip twisting into going crazy. I wasn't expecting that, but it worked. Um, but if I had to give a edge out to anyone, I would probably say Cookie. I liked a little bit more than everyone else. Maybe. And that's mainly because it was a big surprise to see um, 
someone who didn't have much experience do so well. You, you guys. <laughs> this is a hard question because I like all of you. I like all yeah, the characters. For that's why I asked it. What about you, Jupe? <laughs> Uh, as the GM, I can't choose a favorite. Yes, you can. Nope. Yeah, but if you had to. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, you do have to. No. Yes. No. It's Sophie's choice. Type I refuse to choose a favorite. That's Zaboth, oh, right? That's your favorite. Yes, it's Zaboth. <laughs> it, no, I'm not wrong. Actually, it's Doyle. Yeah. I know that for damn sure. I was I was going to say Patterson, and then somebody bitched out of the question and didn't answer it. <laughs> he just seems like a guy that's just fucking tired of it especially our bullshit but I like to think that's everybody's bullshit he's tired of ours is just you know our shenanigans are cheeky and fun or others are just mean we all have that <laughs> boss that we think is such a jerk what an asshole and it's like no you don't understand from their point of view how much shit they have to deal with not just from you guys but from the people above them too it's awful I might be weird sense. I got like strong Nick Nolte vibes from Patterson. <laughs> I just, that's what it reminded me of. Um, who else has interesting questions to ask each other? Uh, I have one. So, like for me, I didn't know what Finn wanted until about the Dunwich episode. Was it Dunwich? Yeah, the one in the the haunted house. Mm-hmm. Um. Did anyone else kind of figure out what they wanted with their character post-creation? I know Philip said um, Haunted House as well, but what the others? I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to fall in love with my ghost boyfriend and make him real and run away with him. So that was kind of where I tried to move my way all along. I don't think Bruno ever had any real, uh, any real goals. We kind of talked about it earlier about how he was just trying to find a way to help his family to just have, um, to just like have a legitimate life. And I feel like he did that as soon as he joined into Derp. Oh, that reminds me of a question I need to ask. Um, but I'll let the the rest of you guys answer the the motivations thing. We all did answer the motivations thing. It's like okay. like like Tom said. I it was it was at Dunwich when I finally got his you know Philip's motivation, and then it, adding in the realization that he was supposed to do is basically court mandated uh, psychotherapy, and he never went. And so we ended up making that a mechanical uh, penalty in that he'd never regained any sanity that he lost. So getting to play that quote unquote, slow descent into madness. um, A lot of that came from Dunwich and then the various um, interviews that we had with Patterson, like the debriefs. And that's when Patterson's like, Oh yeah, we went through your desk and Phillips like, Oh shit, not again. (laughs) <laughs> so I have another question do you have yours written down no okay go ahead um, so Jupiter D- 
did you have an actual like basic outline or anything that you wanted to tell for the story or was it mostly just winging it? Um, I wanted to touch on areas that were kind of known in Lovecraft's storytelling. So you, you ended up going to Innsmouth, you ended up going to Arkham, you ended up, or Miskatonic, and you ended up going to Dunwich, because those are places in the, in his storytelling. But I didn't want to, you know, just have you reenact stories, so I had to come up with other things to do there that were, you know, hopefully as creepy. Uh, so it was a loose idea of where I was going to send you, but as far as what was going to happen, I, I can't predict you guys at all whatsoever. So there is a, a large element of of winging it, and I have like four bullet points, and that's it. Like Dunwich House, this is what House does, and that's it. You okay. know, everything else is you guys. So the whole because uh, I thought. There was a lot with the um, projector bit, so I thought maybe that was no, no a plot line or no. That was a problem with too much jangly keys. That should have been wrapped up quick, but you guys just you just got sidetracked in Insmith. You started focusing on a lot of other things instead of just the one thing. Yeah, fish people. Yeah. You exactly. You guys just got sidetracked, and I derailed you with that, and that caused us to kind of really. I had to like take a lot of time bringing you back on track, but it was still good content because you know we had fun with Insmith. It was neat. It, there was an increased paranoia there, but um, yeah, it that took way longer than I than I thought it would. But I let you guys do it because I, I, I'm not gonna not gonna railroad you. If this is what you guys want to do, go ahead. But I'm gonna kind of start getting you to circle back a bit so we can end it. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is: during the Bruno and Philip epilogue, Philip brought up the idea and questioned Patterson knowing Bruno's name before. Uh, he got into that car and put out the idea that Patterson was an aspect of Narlathotep. Narlathotep. That one. Was he, or were you just like skipping over the the boring part? You you should you should know the answer to this. I mean, I'm hoping that there's some kind of a super mass conspiracy behind things. There's a super massive conspiracy behind things, but. In in truth, the conspiracy is like that was at the last minute. Like, okay, yeah, let's let's go with this because in my prequel, which unfortunately we lost all of those, I um, I went through, I did the whole thing, got to the end, and Patterson rolls up in his jalopy and says, "Philip, can I give you a ride?" And Philip, of course, is already unhinged. He's going on about how he totally just hid from from evil paintings and and murked a dude with a fireplace poker. And then he stops. He's like, wait a minute. How do you know my name? And then we, we cut to black. And the question never got answered. So all through that, I'm like, 
I, I need to know more about Patterson, but we never really followed up with it. And at the very end, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's do this. And so I had left it in the air. It's like Patterson is either an aspect of neural Althotep or because he knows more than he lets on. When I drop that name, he's going to know something's up and it's going to start one of uh, Philip's other crazy ass plans. That's not going to work because none of his plans ever worked, except all of his plans ever worked. Cool. I wasn't sure if that was something that Jupe was actually using or if she was just like, he's a secret agent guy. Of course he knows their names. I, I like the idea of leaving that mystery unsolved and let people kind of think what they want. I mean, was was Patterson, you know, is he involved in some grand conspiracy? Does he have some weird ability that he, you know, is keeping, you know, quiet? Nobody knows. And I, I like the idea of having that mystery there. I agree. It 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 works out well. Where did the idea for Lyman Ford's capabilities come from? So I read, doing research for different things, I read an SCP file where there was a film, and in the film you watched it and you it, you ended up feeling an emotion, and it could cause you, depending on the film, it could cause Great Depression and suicidal tendencies. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of kind of neat, but then how you know, who made the film? Like, you know, what is it? So yeah, you found the projector, but who did this? Like what's going on? And so I thought it'd be kind of neat if somebody just had this weird ability, like not like you can really do anything with it. You can't become rich from it. You know, Ford was a nice guy. He just, I mean, he even used his power to do something nice. He wanted to help find the missing girls. So that's why he did what he did and made that film. It just ended up out of his hands. So, it, it was just a, an, an idea. If, if you had that ability, you know, that's that's what you, you know, what would you do with it? So I guess a little bit of SCP and a little bit of my brain. I like that. I know which SCP you're talking about. That That's really cool. I stay off of that website because I'll just lose time to it. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a product of Miller. Yeah, it's its own little SCP. SCP-001, as a matter of fact. I remember that one. Uh, There's a lot on that that are really great. I think, actually, uh, uh, whenever, shortly after you asked me to start working on the Call of Cthulhu thing, I asked if you were familiar with it, and you are like, oh, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And that was whenever I was in an SCP, like, rabbit hole. It was great. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a good resource to kind of get inspired by. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to like run them, you know, you know, write down, you know, verbatim and, and everything, but you can like get you ideas yeah. to kind of help float get your creativity flowing. But yeah. Yeah. I liked Lyman Ford. He was a nice nice man. I enjoy the fact that just about everybody was gonna try and kill him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think if Philip had failed that uh, that initial role and Ford had gotten his hooks into him, I don't think he would. Nobody would have made it out of that room because it would have been like, okay, well, 
here's here's the shit that had gone through. Now, if I'd have known that uh, the whole thing with Bertram had gone the way it did, I would have had that on deck. Otherwise, it was going to be New York with the paintings coming out. Wait, you didn't know about Bertram? Uh, I knew Bertram. Um, I knew he was dead, but I didn't know how he died until Dunwich. Because that was something that Jupe and I kind of talked about. Because like, I needed I needed a contact, and so here's Bertram. He's doing all the stuff that Phillips wants to be doing. They keep in, in close contact. Nobody cares, and so it's just this yammering about this guy. But yeah, with with Lyman Ford, I didn't have a a death or or the how Bertram died there because. Also, nobody gave a shit, so it would have had to have been something else. And we, even though we had homework that we failed to do about some cases that we did over the years, I never had any solid vision in my head of some of the crazy bad shit that they went through other than New York, because I was part and parcel of making all that happen during a one shot. I enjoyed the reveal that he was dead the whole time. <laughs> just made what seemed like a, a normal activity just a little off. Yeah, it was it was at Dunwich when uh, Patterson went through his desk drawer and found all the letters because that was something I tried to do is throw out. It's like, he's got letters, letters, letters. And everybody's like, no, we really don't care. I'm like, all right. And <laughs> just all sitting there and everything that they'd been doing on one side and I'm sorry, I'm so sorry on the other side. So it was double-sided insanity. It was great. He was such a security breach. He was just a walking, talking security breach. It was fabulous. Oh, man. Does anybody have anything else? I had a question, actually. Sure. And I'm going to pick on you again. I'm sorry. Um, but just for my own personal curiosity, um, did Bruno actually have a thing for Charlotte mm-hmm. or was it just, was he just her friend? I don't think that he did. Um, that's not surprising at all. Any, any type of relationship in a game is wholly manufactured by the rest of us. <laughs> you had to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was, well, there was a couple of things. Um, in the, the beginning, beginning things, I toyed with the idea that Bruno might be gay. Um, but then... Oz and Jupe gave me shit that no, no way. And then I was like, ah, and then, uh, some of the Bertram stuff came out and it just was like, all right, well, it's, it's forced if there are two, if you're trying to like make two people, okay, in the mm-hmm. same thing, that's not like, uh, well, the reason why I asked is just because um, Ash and Bruno were so often at odds, even though for a large portion of it, Bruno wasn't even aware. Um, you're, you're an evil ghost monster. Of course I'm at odds with you. Um, 
But yeah, no, he he's just a he's just a good he's just a good man. He's a really good friend is all. Just trying to trying to help keep her from going crazy, ended up in a nut house and you know, getting a lobotomy. So right. Successful, I'd say. Um did Charlotte ever have a thing for Bruno? No, of course she didn't. She only had eyes for ghost boyfriend. Exactly. Um was nice having a family for a minute or two that you know it was great going like i loved that um going to meet like bruno's family i wish that we could have expanded on that like a little bit because i would have wanted to see like what his little italian cousins and stuff would have been like sitting around hey yeah it's the cousins (laughs) you want to go bowling i wonder if jupe could talk that fast and then like with that many characters like just imagine <laughs> that would be great. My only question would be um can we do it again? <laughs> Cthulhu? Yeah, and, like I liked it. I wouldn't mind playing that again like you know, so. I know that we have so many other pans in the fire and stuff, but um I it's it, it was definitely a good time. And I love monsters. I mean, like, killing aliens, that's cool, too. But, like, big, scary, scary monsters from the depths. Zaboffs, that was fun. He's a monster. If we did it again, and I, I'd be down for that, too. Um, we do Delta Green, and instead of agent Patterson we're like, we move it ahead to like, you know, the sixties or this, or after the fall of Delta green, which I think was Laos 68. And so we're all members of separate government agencies and we all report to Bruno who is the sole survivor <laughs> after, after the fall of Delta green, he's mission control. Oh, I love that so much. Now that we know how to like government agent, we won't be as terrible at it as we were. <laughs> uh, let's be fair. Yeah, I still this, don't know how to government agent. Yeah. Yeah. This time you'll get it right. <laughs> Can we all get badges like in real life next time? <laughs> so on that specific note on the Patreon, there's like a $15 uh, custom merch thing. Uh, we did shadow run dice. And I was kicking around some ideas, and one of the things I was thinking was like, well, if I could find a place that could do badges and that I could get some wallets and like, uh, like send those out, or see if I could find a place that does some custom flasks, because it was, you know, it was the 1920s, everybody was carrying flasks around. Um, I think on, like, towards the end of the year, I'm going to start asking the, the patrons of that level what they have, but I, I did have ideas to get like badges made and shit. Which could be awesome. That does sound very cool. Yep, I still proudly wear my um, <sighs> weight loss sweatshirt. Uh, so hey. yep. I, I need to wash my my weight loss apron. What was this? I'm I'm sorry. Never the, mind. Forgetting the Shadowrun uh, without that weight loss program, where it's a picture of a grenade. Oh, that was, yeah, that was before me. That was blowing up Chuck. 
<laughs> the introduction to Chuck was he's an overweight, like monstrously overweight, and he saves everyone by jumping on a grenade. Ah. Um, and then they drag him over to a street dock to give him cyberware. Oh. And now he's in debt to oh, yeah, a bunch of gangers. <laughs> Alright, is there anything else you guys want to want to talk about before we wrap this up? I'm terrified of opening my mouth. <laughs> that came through. It, right. Of course it did. Of course it did. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that it has been a great pleasure playing with all of you. I came into this as a sound editor and then I was asked, hey, you want to play in this game i'm like well fuck yeah i've been hoping for that for months upon months and i got to and it's everything i hoped it could be so thank you very much to all of you well it was enjoyable playing with you that came out weird but okay (laughs) i tell you guys all the time how much i love playing with you and how thankful i am that you're letting me like still kick around with you guys um I definitely want to say, like, I love feedback from the people, you know, like, I don't want to say our fans because, like, I don't know, but, like, our people, our community, um, and thanks for that. Every time somebody somebody says something nice about something that we did, it just, it's cool to know that people listen and people actually like it, you know, all the hard work, you know, that you guys do pay off because I just kind of show up and mess around and then um, Bamps and Oz, you know, make it sound good. And Jupe does all the planning and, you know, Tom, he's like just the genius that knows I, how everything works. I just show up too. Let's be honest. Uh, you also update the webpage. Uh, me too. Uh, just kind of reported for duty. <laughs> often a day or two late after a, the things are uploaded, but... I mean, I saw that the epilogue was up there and there was no aliens uploads. So, what up, Slacker? Wait, there's no aliens uploads? Yeah, on the website? Uh-oh. Halloween 2020 Alien Miniseries Episode 4, Episode 3. <sighs> episode 2. Oh, and Episode 1. This is slowly transitioned into a staff meeting. yeah it's weird Um, having those but yeah i'm super thankful for being able to participate in this um i'm i feel extremely uh fortunate that jupiter reached out to me and asked me to do this even though i absolutely feel like i did not deserve that um i'm thankful that uh you all collectively gave me a chance and again I feel like I did not deserve that. I had a fantastic time playing with you all. And uh, honestly, in probably what was one of the most difficult years of my life, uh, this was a bright light within it. So thank you all. And I'm positive I cut out during that. and none of You didn't. Recorded, so. <laughs> you actually didn't. So that's yeah, wonderful. Your connection's great. <laughs> Um, you are all supremely patient with me. Well, it comes from having knowing Oz for years. I was meant to. Well, 
I wish I could have done more. I'm glad that I was able to do what I did. And uh, I feel extremely lucky that I was given the opportunity that I was. So thank you, all of you, everyone, uh, everyone here and all the listeners. You are very welcome. Uh, that had a Discord crash. But I think that's okay because I believe we are wrapping up unless anybody has anything to the end here. Uh, wrap up sounds good. I need my nap. <laughs> uh, thank everybody for listening. Thank Jupiter for running. Don't tell her I said that though because she's not currently in the call. Um, this was fun. I look forward to. Well, I shouldn't say I look forward to wrapping up Alien, but I look forward to seeing how that goes because fuck you, Hammer. I'm allowed to kill everybody. I heard it from the horse's mouth. <laughs> and then uh, I look forward to whatever the fuck is going to happen in Vampire because, oh boy, our thing is going down. We are, in fact, yelling timber. <laughs> oh. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> hey. I actually like that song, so. I'm gonna ruin it for you. I mean, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, I guess this is the end of the Call of Cthulhu air quotes mini series retrospective. I look forward to sitting down with you guys maybe at the end of Alien and maybe, uh, after what I was calling on the campaign diary that I recorded today, season one of Vampire, and we'll we'll see where shit takes us. Absolutely. So everybody, say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 We'll see you all next time. I should have been prepared to get rid of Craig, but I wasn't. So now there's this extra well, five seconds of me talking about it. Craig got rid of himself. You jabroni. So yeah. All right. Goodbye for reals.